Xtalks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the X Talks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, Senior Food Industry Journalist and Webinar Moderator at xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Aisha Rashid. Thanks for coming today. So I'm going to start us off with a story about a very interesting um, product that sort of combines the food world as well as the science and more specifically the the allergen world. So baking is, you know, it's not only an art form, but it's also a comfort for a lot of people. But a lot of people that enjoy it are, you know, and a lot of the world's population, um, they can't really enjoy this comfort because it's punctuated by the pain and discomfort of various food intolerances. And lactose stands out as a particularly pesky ingredient um, in this regard. For the estimated 68% of the global population grappling with lactose malabsorption, even the slightest indulgence in baking goods, um, sorry, in baked goods can result in distressing consequences. So often for those with food intolerances, the answer is straightforward to just steer clear of the offending ingredient. However, the presence of lactose in pre-baked items and essential baking ingredients like milk, butter, cheese, and even healthier alternatives like yogurt poses a unique challenge. The dilemma becomes intensified for those who love baking but are restricted due to the pervasive presence of lactose in baking ingredients. So this is where a product called Intolerant comes in, and this is sort of a beacon of hope for those that are troubled by lactose. It's a Dutch brand. It was founded by Harman Treep in 2008, and it recognized this immense gap in the market and created a line of lactase enzyme supplements tailored to cater to the lactose intolerant community. So I'll just backtrack a little bit and talk about some products for lactose intolerance that are already on the market. And there's quite a slew of them aimed at providing relief to those with lactose intolerance. And these range from lactose-free milks and cheeses to lactase tablets that can be consumed before a meal. And in fact, the lactose-free dairy product market alone is expected to reach $23.9 billion in 2033, accelerating at a compound annual growth rate of 5.5%. And some well-known products in this market include Lactaid, which is probably the most popular and the one that I've heard of the most. And this offers a variety of products, including lactase enzyme supplements in tablet form that can be taken before consuming lactose-containing foods. And it also offers lactose-free dairy products like milk, ice cream, and cottage cheese. Then we have one called D Dairy Care, and that's a once-a-day dietary supplement designed to assist those with lactose intolerance. Another one called Digestive Advantage, which offers a range of products for digestive health, including a lactose defense formula, which combines lactase and probiotics. We have Nature's Way. This brand offers lactase enzyme supplements, which aid the digestion of dairy products. And we have some other popular ones like Silk and Almond Breeze. So these are not lactose-containing products, but rather alternatives to dairy milk. And they produce plant-based milk, such as almond, soy, and cashew, which are naturally lactose-free. And then lastly, one called Green Valley Creamery. And this is a brand known for its lactose-free yogurts, kefirs, sour creams, and other dairy products. However, though, these solutions either limit the culinary choices of individuals or require preemptive consumption, making them a less than ideal 
you know, products for spontaneous bakers. So how is Intolerant different? The standout feature of Intolerant is its user-friendly lactase drops. So instead of crafting an entire recipe around lactose-free ingredients or popping a pill before eating, Intolerant uses Intolerant users can integrate these drops into their regular baking process. So by adding just five of these drops into a liter of milk, up to 80% of the lactose is neutralized within a day. And by increasing the drops, the lactose content can be further minimized. And this is especially groundbreaking for individuals who don't want to compromise the authenticity of their baked goods with alternative ingredients or completely miss out due to health concerns. And as the unused enzymes are harmlessly expelled from the body, there's no worry of overdose or unwanted side effects. And moreover, intolerance enzymes are typically safe for individuals of all all ages, though it's always recommended to consult a doctor before use. And they are convenient for travel as well and can be easily taken before consuming meals with challenging ingredients. So intolerance focus on seamlessly integrating with the baking process definitely sets it apart. And Treep, the visionary behind uh, intolerance, stated in a press release, our lactase drops are a game changer for anyone uh, baking in the kitchen. They equip individuals with the tools they need for the culinary for culinary success. They can reclaim the joy of baking and still benefit from the end product, all without suffering from unpleasant, unpleasant digestive side effects after the fact. So in essence, for the lactose intolerant community, Intolerant represents more than just a product. It's a invitation back into the world of baking and a safe ticket to culinary exploration without the confines of lactose intolerance. And Intolerant is reinventing how we perceive and tackle lactose intolerance in the realm of baking. So I thought this was a really interesting product, both from sort of a like somewhat of a medication or supplement perspective, and then also from the food perspective. So Aisha, I'm curious to know, you know, to get your thoughts on this. Have you, um, you know, have you heard of the other products that I mentioned and can you sort of see the draw of, of this product? Yeah, to answer your latter question, um, I think this is going to be another great tool in the toolbox of, uh, you know, people with lactose intolerance and, around the world, I think, um, it's a growing problem and, uh, you know, it's significant, a good proportion of people are lactose intolerant. So these types of, um, approaches and tools are definitely needed. And I have heard about some of the other, um, lactose intolerance products on the market that you mentioned, Sydney, like lactate, um, and things like that. But, um, and then of course, um, seeing like lactose free milks and, and things like that. That's also, uh, those have also been on the market for a long time, but I think intolerant def definitely offers like a novel kind of a way to, um, get around lactose intolerance by, by, you know, adding drops like to, um, to your recipe. And I think that is really cool because, let's say in a recipe, you know, let's say it calls for a couple of ingredients that have lactose in it. So it, it would become, you know, kind of cumbersome to go out and get lactose free products or to, um, for, you know, for each ingredient essentially. And this offers a more simpler solution. So I think that's really, really cool how they've been able to develop, um, a product that you can just directly add to your you know, your, your mix. And I think that to, you know, thwart, uh, the lactose and the individual ingredients that you might have as part of a recipe. So I think that's really novel. I haven't heard of anything like this before. 
Um, is there anything else like this on the market? I know you've mentioned a bunch of others, but they seem to be very different. Yeah, not that I know of in terms of, you know, something like this. And, you know, we obviously covered the lactose-free dairy products and and just like even alternatives to uh, mm-hmm. dairy products. But to my knowledge, this is sort of the, the, the first, first of its kind and... Yeah, and this company develops other sort of supplements and um, you know enzymes uh, as well, and they've been around since since two thousand eight. So mm-hmm. they've been they've been at this for a while, and um, I, I don't think even Intolerant is like a new product itself, but um, it, it's it's new to me, um, yeah, and it also is too. you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it's um, it's it's working on other um, sort of enzymes and and uh and supplements for for people with gluten intolerances as well okay yeah Mm -hmm. so you know the brand intolerant i think will encompass more than just lactose intolerance Mm -hmm. um but they've got a great name there um and, and one thing that i i just caught you know in in um sort of while i was rereading this story is that there is a little bit of preemptive you have to be a bit preemptive while using this because it says that you have to uh, drop the drops in milk or whatever it is a day before. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so you do have to think about it just a little bit because mm-hmm. um, <laughs> it, it takes a day to neutralize the, the lactose. Right, so, you just can't start start uh, whipping up yeah. your recipe. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe that's a maybe yeah. that's a good thing. I know some. I'm not a too big of a baker, but I know that you know some mm-hmm. batters and and things you do have to let sit for for a while. So you know yeah, maybe you can true. do it day of or alternative. You you um you neutralize the milk like once you get it and then mm. you you're set mm-hmm. for you know various recipes. But there is there's a slight you know preemptiveness there. But right. I don't think it's I don't think that. Uh, you know a, a, a problem I don't think it's a problem I don't think it would stop people from from using mm-hmm. the product I think people who are lactose intolerance are probably are lactose intolerant are probably used to you know taking You're preemptive right. measures anyway right and yeah. really I think they're already really careful about watching what they're eating the ingredients and things and then prepping in terms mm-hmm. of what they buy so I think there's you know they're probably already well prepped um, and equipped or something like this. So I think it's pretty cool. And yeah, I was just looking at lactose intolerance, like approximately 65% of the human mm-hmm. population um, has it. So that's, that's a lot of people. I know. And I, I feel like it's, it's growing as well. So um, yeah, I think tools like this are just going to be um, in higher demand. And I think uh, it's a very novel concept and it's mm-hmm. very cool to learn about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so moving on to our next story. So we have a couple of leading U.S. plant-based food companies that are reportedly considering the formation of a coalition to counteract successful marketing strategies like the Incredible Edible Egg and Got Milk, primarily propelled by Big Ag or Big Agriculture. So this initiative, slated for a 2024 launch, comes as a reaction to the negative press and targeted ads by Big Ag. So the plant-based sector has weathered turbulent times over recent years facing hits from multiple directions. Sales attacks, media criticisms, and advertisement blitzes, mainly orchestrated by Big Ag and its affiliates, have all left marks. 
So though no official announcements have been made, Adweek detailed discussions regarding the coalition in the past six months. The collaboration would involve a mix of smaller startups and established industry leaders. Some motivations for the move can be traced back to contentious media coverage, like the Bloomberg article dismissing plant-based meat as a fad, and the relentless targeting from the sorry, by the Center for Consumer Freedom, or CCF, of the extensive ingredient lists in plant-based products. While the coalition was slated to kick off actually this year, several challenges such as those proposed by inflation have postponed the plans. When the coalition launches, the strategy is expected to encompass a broad-based national marketing campaign, and the coalition might collaborate with creatives familiar with the plant-based arena, particularly seeking pro bono or discounted contribution. So in terms of some of those strikes from Big Ag, the CCF's campaign against plant-based alternative covered print ads, op-eds, videos, and targeted websites like Clean Food Facts, and its most no- its most no- sorry, its most notable jab was a 2020 Super Bowl ad where young spelling bee contenders grappled with complex chemical names associated with synthetic meats. And earlier this year, a milk commercial starring actress Aubrey Plaza for the fictional product called Wood Milk emerged as a symbol of the ongoing clash between dairy and plant-based milk producers. And I believe we talked about that in a previous podcast. So in response to big ag strategies, Beyond Meat rolled out a campaign that subtly highlighted its commitment to farmers and countered misinformation surrounding plant-based proteins. Peter McGinnis, the CEO of Impossible Foods, emphasized the need for better marketing from plant-based companies given big ag's coordinated and resounding voice. So the sentiment of forging industry coalitions has resonated widely, as indicated by uh, Beyond CEO Ethan Brown during a recent earnings call. So some express reservations regarding the coalition's viability, though. Adweek explored potential campaign directions with some favoring hard-hitting truths about factory farming and food safety, while others advocate for a more educational approach. But in my opinion, regardless of the chosen direction, it'll be important to encourage small, everyday lifestyle changes rather than strict veganism, because I don't really think that that works too well. And while there is a consensus on the urgency to act against big eggs mounting pressure, the mode of action remains debated. Some argue for consistent and widespread advocacy, while others suggest leveraging contemporary platforms and technologies to generate more compelling narratives. And although advocacy organizations like the Plant-Based Foods Association and the Good Food Institute exist, they largely focus on research rather than directly engaging consumers. So the proposed marketing coalition might mark a pivotal shift for the industry, especially when set against the backdrop of recent challenges. However, the financial aspects aspect remains a challenge. Unlike Big Ag's Big Beef and its Beef Checkoff initiative, the plant-based industry lacks a consistent funding scheme. So considering the stories of limited profitability in the plant-based landscape, finding the funds will be difficult. Yet the need for unity against Big Ag's onslaught is important if a plant-based marketing coalition is to come to fruition. So when I was mentioning those um, ad campaigns earlier, like the Incredible Edible Egg and, and Got Milk, I mean, to me, those are pretty iconic. And I think we've yet to see sort of as you know, iconic of ads uh, from from any plant-based company. I think both Beyond and Impossible, you know, when they were first starting, I think the um, they had some pretty good marketing just because they were like they were new and exciting and like we were we were like so fascinated by the fact that like plant-based meats could could bleed and, and interacted like normal meats when they were cooked. 
but that sort of faded. That was like 10 years ago. And I'm, I'm, I see the need for this plant-based coalition, um, which would likely include, you know, meat and dairy companies. So what are your thoughts on sort of combating big ag and, and these targeted ads that, that we've seen recently? Um, and do you even think that it's necessary for, for big ag to do this? Do you think that they're threatened by uh, plant-based companies these days? It seems to me that they are um, yeah. being threatened indeed for them to uh, come out with these kinds of ads. Um, why not rely on, like you said, those iconic ads of the past, like Got Milk and things like that, which worked tremendously. But I feel like they are kind of feeling the pressure and kind of feeling cornered almost. And so that's why they've come up uh, with these ads that are attacking the the plant-based industry, which I feel, I don't know, it's 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 interesting. And so the plant-based industry, I feel like they kind of have no choice but to strike back. Um, I know it sounds kind of, it's not petty, but it's just, I guess, you know, to be on the on the defense and just to answer back in a way. But again, the I feel like the, the obviously the consumer base for both industries is is different right so for me it's always like why don't you focus on your consumer base and focus on expanding that instead of you know mudslinging the other parties but i feel like if that's what it's going to come to then i guess bring it on and i think it'll be interesting to see um plant-based producers forming this coalition and coming together and um to see what they they you know they have in store and they can come up with a lot of things actually. So I don't know what their take is going to be. Like, are they going to just go right at, you know, the ethics of animal consumption or are they going to focus on their products in a, you know, this is better for you manner. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of a take they take, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, yeah, the plant-based industry has come a long way and it does seem to be have losing, you know, does seem to be losing a bit of momentum. Um, and I know that like sales have been down in the last couple of years of plant-based products. And so I think they are facing like, you know, a bit of a blip in their trajectory that maybe they didn't anticipate, but um, yeah, I, I just think it's been a marketing problem in general for plant-based, um, products. I think, you know, people are really reliant or really, you know, focused on taste. And, um, I think a lot of those things haven't come out, um, at least when I look at the plant-based industry and plant-based products, like it just seems still a little bit too niche. I think, they might have to go more mainstream and maybe through, you know, marketing and taking on big egg in this way, that might be a way for them to maybe come more to the forefront. Yeah, it all feels very like political and like, you oh, know, yeah. With, yeah, like just ads against pitting one against the other and um, yeah. It, it it really is political, you know, when, mm. when we come, when it comes down to it. Um, well, we have like the meat and agricultural lobbies, right? Yeah. Like it actually yeah. is very political. And I mm -hmm. don't know if the plant-based industry has any kind of similar lobby, you know, lob, you know, lobbying the government. I don't know. Incentives if, for plant-based ingredients. I, I have no idea. 
Yeah, I mean, if it does, which I I don't really hear about or have, yeah. have really seen, I mean, you're 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 up against like industries that have been around basically mm-hmm. since the beginning of time and <laughs> and you know like of US um, time. Yeah, of yeah. US time and um and humans have been consuming meat mm-hmm. and dairy for, you know, yeah, all all of time and mm-hmm. um so it will be definitely a struggle. And then I also wonder like, you know, how important really is like an advertising coalition to consumers? I mean, obviously when you craft like an incredible marketing campaign, that's, that can be very helpful to to a business or an industry. But I'm just wondering just in, in this day and age, like how important or relevant sort of, typical advertising is um so they're gonna have to if they if this coalition does form i mean they're gonna have to get creative with how yeah how they get the message out and who they're targeting um because it will work for some but it's definitely not gonna work for for others yeah and i wonder like i i mentioned like what kind of an approach they they're gonna take are they going to take like a an antagonistic approach and just take on big egg or are they going to focus on the products that they have, which I think mm-hmm. might be the best way to go. Like if they could mm-hmm. come up with a, a got milk for plant-based, mm-hmm. that'd be, you know, the, mm-hmm. now we're talking, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just feel overall, you know, in the past, you know, ever s- since plant-based products have come onto the market, I just feel they actually overall haven't done a good jo- job of uh, marketing. And so maybe this mm-hmm. is a wake up call for them. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalks.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.